Thank you for tuning in to Hill Country Fellowship's audio podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired as you listen today. For more information, visit us online at hcfburnit.org. So I uh, want to encourage you. Um, we're, we're doing lots of good stuff, man. God is doing good things in your life and through your life in the midst of chaos. Can I get an amen for that? Um, not everything is always hunky-dory and beautiful. We walk through stuff. Amen. We, we have challenges that we come up against, but at the end of the day, Jesus wins, right? I mean, it's what we celebrated together last week. It, Jesus wins. He, he won. He fought the ultimate battle, defeated death, hell, and the grave on the cross, amen? And then he redeems his people. He walks through life with his people. How many are, are, of you are in a sanctification process You should all raise your hands. You're being made more into the image of Jesus day by day, minute by minute, even though we're imperfect. Or I'll just point to me. I'm not perfect. I have my days. Amen. But I love Jesus. And I'm pursuing Jesus. And I'm pursuing relationship with him and and partnership with the Holy Spirit that lives inside of me for the sake of his kingdom, no matter what may rage around me. No matter what the economy looks like, the government looks like, my goodness, since 2020, I think we've gotten more distractions and more confused about the very purposes and plan of God because everything on the outside is trying to push inside. Amen? But Jesus wins, right? Who's on your boat? At least six of you know who's on your boat. Who's on your boat? Jesus is on your boat. And we forget that time and time and time again. But what we're going to focus on today is the fact that where we're supposed to focus our eyes, where we're supposed to look with our heart's intent, where we're supposed to cast our cares and worries really at the foot of Jesus, who is your compass. Amen. Anybody ever use a compass? Anybody ever have a bad compass? And you're like, this thing does not work. It's messed up, says South. Um, some of you may be directionally challenged. I mean, that, that happens maybe to a few of you. Okay. But here's the thing. In the midst of the storm, when you're walking through life, because life will happen, amen, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come, how will you respond? Will you remember that the compass, who is Jesus, who's sleeping at the bow of your boat through your circumstances, absolutely with you? Hasn't forgotten about you? I love that. He doesn't change like the shifting sand. He's not a man that he should lie, right? Like God always tells the truth. I love that. He's not lying. He's not some weird manipulative God. He's a really good God looking to walk this life with you and go through everything that you're gonna go through. And at the end of the day, your story that he's writing and perfecting points back to Jesus, It points back to the reality of a really good God who loved you so much that he sent his one and only son to die for you. That's good news, right? If you want to turn to Isaiah 43, we're going to head there in a minute because here's the thing. Storms will come. We don't get exempted from storms. We don't just not have them. They all happen. But they have a purpose. It's not a storm for the sake of a storm. And Jesus is always in them with us. 
but sometimes we forget that compass. Sometimes we forget that he is a lighthouse and that he is out working on our behalf saying, hey, by the way, look at me, don't forget. Hey, I know you're going through something, but look at me, don't forget. Man, God, did you leave me? Anybody ever ask that question? God, why? I mean, even if you look to the cross, Jesus Christ, God, why have you forsaken me? He has a moment where he's like, oh, this is gonna be really tough, but I'm going. I'm doing this because your kingdom come. Your will be done in my life and through my life. And the reality is that sometimes we're in storms because we put ourselves there, amen? Sometimes we make bad decisions. Sometimes we do stuff and, and, and consequences come. But even in the midst of that, in the text we're gonna look at in Isaiah, even though Israel is off doing their own thing, God says, I'm gonna restore you. I love you. I see you. I'm working on your behalf because I love you and I care for you. And when I love and care for you and redeem you, glory comes back to me. But our focus in the storm is key. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 43. <clears throat> I'm gonna read to you verses probably one through four and maybe a little bit farther. It says this, but, but now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, don't be afraid for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name and you are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. Some of you need to hear that today. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt as a ransom for your freedom. I gave Ethiopia and Seba in your place. Others were given in exchange for you. I traded their lives for yours because you are precious to me. You are honored and I love you. Lord, we thank you for your word today. Would you come and speak to your sons and daughters in the mighty name of Jesus? Amen. Man, isn't that a beautiful picture? If you go through, I would encourage you this week, read the rest of that. It's a really beautiful picture of God's redemption, of his restoration plan for his people that is always ongoing. Amen? He's always looking to meet you where you are in the midst of your storm. He's on your boat, right? But yet we freak out. But yet we have those moments where we're like, oh, save me. Just make, anybody ever just want an easy button? We actually had one in the office for a while. It was fake. It never worked. I tried it. But sometimes we just want an easy button. Can you just, can you just give me one easy? Sometimes it feels like, I deserve 12 easy buttons, God. And God's like, I'm gonna, wor I'm, gonna, I'm gonna work through the not easy with you and show you my goodness. I'm gonna reveal myself to you and my promise is that I'm always going to be with you. Even when it's hard. Because Jesus is the compass. He is the compass. He's the one that we're supposed to look to. He's supposed to be the one that we're, we're looking to when we're walking through stuff. Come on, who's directionally challenged in here? Whoa, we're in trouble. Yesterday on the way to the car after basketball, I watched Leslie and Kennedy walk off and I'm standing and I'm like, oh, you're going in that way. Car's over here. And then Kennedy said, well, dad, it, 
it's mom's fault. Anyway, it is Leslie's fault. She's directionally challenged. Scott's sister, Stacy, has a theory that whatever direction she drives in, and if you're watching, hi, um, whatever direction she drives in, that's north. And Scott was like, Stacy, it doesn't work that way. And she's like, no, I'm driving in that direction. It's north. And he's like, but it's east. But it's west. No, wherever I'm driving this way, it's north. No, it doesn't. You're gonna, not, never going to make it to the right place. Right? doesn't work that way. But we get directionally challenged in our spiritual walk with Jesus because we don't take time to spend with him. We don't ask him the questions in the midst of what's going on. Because here's the thing. The Lord is always speaking to you through the Holy Spirit that lives in you, that was sealed to you at your salvation. He's always speaking. He's always looking to lead us and attempting to be present with us and create the right pathway through the storm. Sometimes we take the wheel, though, and we want to hold it. We want to steer the ship or we want to drive the car. But he's like, I, I want to be in that with you. I want you to let me have the wheel. I want you, me, I want you, to, I want you to let me steer this in this direction because I'm working some things out. And I love the fact that we have complete assurance in Jesus. Amen? At the end of the day, we know what, what the end is forever with him. But we're going to go through stuff. And we're also going to go through stuff, not just for the sake of going through stuff, but God is going to use your story. He's going to use the things that you're walking through those storms in your life to make a beautiful picture and a beautiful testimony of what it is when a, when a, when a really good God loves his kids. When a really good God meets you in the midst of your circumstances and brings you through, then you have a testimony. Amen? We have a guide. Did you know that? There is a guide, the guide. What's his name? Holy Spirit, right? We're looking to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, right? But this Holy Spirit that's sealed to you with salvation is looking to lead you and guide you. And Jesus is super clear that this Holy Spirit has been given to us for the sake of accomplishing the mission to preach the good news, to reach the lost, to walk in faith, to actually lay hands on people and see them recover in the name of Jesus. Amen? He's still working miracles today. Can I get an amen? amen. He's still doing great stuff in the world. I know this, though, when you, when you need a guide, and sometimes, sometimes we have those friends who are like, yeah, let's just go do this thing. And you're like, but I've never been out on that river before. We'll figure it out. And they have like a little flat bottom boat with a four horse motor, and it's like a raging river. Don't get in that boat. In Alaska, you just don't go hunting or head out into the middle, middle of the wilderness when you've never been there before. You find somebody who's gone before you who knows a little bit more about you and who can lead you and guide you in that, right? Our friend Mike Sloan is trekking in Nepal, and he goes up into some nasty 14,000-foot passes in the middle of the Himalayan mountains. Um, but he didn't go by himself the first time. He had a guide. He had someone who had been there before him who could lead him, guide him, teach him. You know, you have that guide. His name is Jesus. He's been there. He's gone through every circumstance that you will ever go through. Fully God, fully man, sinless, but yet he experienced pain. 
He experienced loss, death. He experienced being abandoned by those that were closest to him, his disciples. He gets you in your storm. He understands everything that you have walked through and everything that you will. And he's right there, right next to you. Amen? Better remember that. Who's in my boat? Jesus is in my boat. Then the enemy will lie to you. He's not in your boat. He's left you. No, man. The word of God says that he will never leave me. Never forsake me. He's never, never not going to be there. I might have to walk through some stuff. I might suffer some struggles, but man, I'm thankful that Jesus is right there. And he's not going to leave me high and dry. This Holy Spirit that lives in you, he's your comforter, your counselor, your peace, your rest. He leads us into all righteousness. He's a gift from heaven. So I would just say, as the guide, we need to get to know him better, amen? We need to hear his voice. We need to... We need to build relationship with him so we can accomplish the mission, so we can live on mission, so that everything that in your heart, that's in your heart to do for the sake of God, you will accomplish it. Amen. Be empowered to do so. God's still in the business of speaking today and empowering you to do the very work that he's called you to do. Amen. Romans 8, verses 5 through 8, it says, For those who live according to the flesh, right, set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those that live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to the law, to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. The, uh, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Sometimes I just have to remind my flesh that it needs to die. Amen. It's going to be the representation today that those that have said yes to Jesus, they're, they're going to be buried with him. But when they come out, the old them stays dead. Amen. In the grave. Sometimes I have to remind my flesh of that. Right? I don't know, I'm a physical guy, so I just got to like, no, not today. When the words want to fly out of my mouth, I'm like, right? Here's the thing, the Holy Spirit will help you. He will lead you and guide you to speak right, to live right, to love well. And here's the reality, in your flesh, you could do some great stuff, right? You could, you could accomplish some things, but it's going to fall flat and it's going to be very empty at the end of the day. But what about the spirit leading you and guiding you into love someone that's unlovely? What about the Holy Spirit leading you in the moment to lay hands on somebody and pray for them? And then God moves and glory goes where? Right back to the Father. It is really exciting to crucify your flesh, build your relationship in the spirit. Because that's what that Roman scripture tells us. That, that if we live by the spirit, we're living in connectedness and relationship with the living, loving God. The creator of the universe loves you. He's with you. And he's writing a beautiful story if you let him. We have to have focus and, and walk in endurance though. So who are we supposed to focus on? Jesus, right? The author and perfecter of your faith. 
I asked a few people this week too, um, what is your, what's your greatest distraction? What is the thing that is kind of that thing that pulls you away from focusing on Jesus and loving him? What, what, are, what are some things that actually cause you to forget that he's actually on your boat? Here's a few things. Avoiding distractions. Ding, ding, right? Do you all know you have about 53,000 thoughts a day? And most of those are probably not right, right? Or so crazy, like my ADHD brain that I'm just like, got to go there, got to do this, basketball this, that, 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 school, no, 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 Leslie, blah, blah, blah. I mean, right? I should have preached with Drew on. That would have been kind of cool. But anyway, maybe another day. Your mind is racing. There's tons of stuff to get distracted by. What about uh, your telephone? You should get off it right now. No, I'm kidding. No, but there's tons of easy distraction. I mean, it's at your fingertips all the time. Um, social and moral issues, government, finance, attack on family, selfishness. One guy said, I'm just selfish. I need to not be selfish. Laziness or lack of effort to pursue and build my relationship with God. And these are just random samplings from this week. One person said, yeah, I know what it is. It's my lack of time with Jesus. Prayer, reading the word, hanging out with other people that love him and, and, and being encouraged and challenged by it. Choosing to hear what I want to hear instead of what the Holy Spirit is asking me to do or leading me to do or leading me to say. It, it all, all those things keep us from not hitting the mark, Right? not accomplishing the goal. I, I joke, but I'm serious, man. My focus on Jesus is paramount, and that's why I'm waking up every day and having a cup of coffee with multiple animals and just saying, hey, Jesus, what are you going to do with me today? What, what do you have for me as your son? Because I want to hear you today. I, I, I want to build my relationship with you, but I also want to be present for those that you would bring me to. I want to be a better husband today. I want to be a better dad today. And I can't do it without you. It's not possible. I will fall short, but if you show up and you help me, I'm going to do a pretty, pretty good job of loving the other people around me. Amen? I'm going to do a pretty good job of making Jesus look good because in all of my days, my focus and then my endurance to pursue him, I want him to look good, Right? I mean, do you ever wake up any day going, man, I'm going to focus on you, and man, I'm going to endure through this storm, and then I'm going to make you look really bad, Jesus, in everything that I do? Of course not. Don't wake up thinking that way, but man, we miss. We're imperfect. Our flesh needs to be crucified. It needs to be buried. It needs to be reminded that it's dead. And then when the enemy reminds you about who you were, you just say, that's not who I am anymore. Sometimes when the enemy speaks... When I'm trying to endure through something and he reminds me about something that I used to suffer, like anger. Oh, yeah, you're just an angry guy. I'm like, no, I'm not. Not anymore. Not anymore because of Jesus. Yeah, but you, you said something the other day. It was harsh. I'm like, I know, but I'm forgiven in the name of Jesus, right? I love the fact that when we mess up, we just come right back around. Hey, Dad, here I am. Help me. Walk with me. Fill me with your spirit. When we, when we speak wrong, we come back around, right? Okay, here I am. I'm going to repent. I'm going to get my head my heart straight. I'm pursuing you. I'm going to focus on you. Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 3, it says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. 
And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Can I get an amen for that? Man, he went to be there to sit to cheer us on and to look and to point and to say, hey, Father, let's help them there. And he's like, oh, by the way, that Holy Spirit that I sent you, you're really gonna need that. Talk to him, learn to hear his voice. That's what we were talking about in life studies this morning. You ever get a life scripture and you're like, man, that is the wrong one to pick. I always pick James 1 and 2 because I apparently love trials, Amen. Consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And that's got to finish itself out, right? Because that's part of this sanctification process we're in. We're being made more into the image of Jesus day by day, moment by moment, minute by minute, when we show up. I love what Scott said last week. The simplicity of Jesus, if we would just take him at his word, that he's with us, that he's for us, that he's working on our behalf, and that we would trust him, it'd be a lot easier, right? You ever make Jesus overcomplicated? Oh, man, X plus Y equals MC something, something, something. That's why we have Michael in the office. He helps us with those kind of things. No, man, we make it so complicated when it's really simple. Psalm 121 says, man, I lift my eyes up to the hills where my hope and help comes from. It doesn't come from our ability to climb the hill. It comes from the one who's already at the top. Amen? Jesus, I see you. Jesus, I'm looking to you. Because when you walk around like this in your circumstance and your stuff, it, it doesn't work. Amen? If we walk around like this all the time and we don't have a good compass, who is Jesus, and we just get stuck in our stuff, no, man, I look up to you. Actually, this psalm is called a psalm of ascent. It's good because it points us back to the reality of who God is, and we are declaring and speaking that, God, you are my help and my hope. I'm gonna look up to you because if I look right here, I'm, not, I'm, I'm gonna get stuck in this. So this is really real, and I'm not saying your circumstances isn't real, the distraction's not real, the storm isn't real, but in the storm, which I see and is very real right now today, I'm gonna look to you. I mean, do it for yourself. Just push your face up. Does that sound silly? Or tell somebody around you, hey, by the way, Stenocito Boom Boom, if I got my head down, will you push my chin up for me, bro? And I know he will. That was his Peruvian nickname, if you missed that chapter. Sometimes, man, I just have to remember. I have to, I got to put, Lord, make your neck hurt. I don't know. God, I'm going to look to you, the maker of heaven and earth, the author and perfecter of my faith. I'm going to get out of my stuff for a minute. I'll step over here, and I'm going to look to you. God, thank you that you're with me. Just begin to speak and declare who God is. Thank you that your, your word says you never leave me nor forsake me. It says that you're always with me. God, I forgot that you were in my boat, but I, I really need you 
in my boat and I want you in my boat and I want you to encourage me and I, I'm going to look to you. I'm not going to get stuck in my circumstances. Maybe you feel super stuck today and you just need to say yes to Jesus. Maybe you came, maybe you're wrestling through some stuff. Maybe you just need to just say a simple prayer in your heart and say, God, forgive me, I repent, I forgot. You're in the middle of this thing with me and I need you and I want you, so I invite you in. This storm, this mess, this thing I actually created is, is a little bit muckety-mucky, but I need you and I want you. Help. Jesus, help me. Goes back to Isaiah, he said, I will redeem you. When you go through deep waters, I'll be with you. When the fire comes, when the testing comes, I'm gonna be right in the middle of it all. And I will help you develop a perseverance spirit. We have to persevere, amen? I'm not good at tapping out. I don't quit well. It's become a family kind of mantra, if you will. If you ask my kids what cottons don't do, they'll tell you we don't quit. Doesn't mean we don't have hard days. Doesn't mean we don't wrestle. It just means we're not tapping out, man. I don't care how tight you choke me. I'm not tapping out. Amen? Anybody like MMA? I love MMA. I'm like, oh, he's going out. He's going out. Oh, he's not going out. He's getting out of that. Okay, I mean, not developing perseverance, a perseverance spirit connected to Jesus. I'm not talking about your human strength, right? Or your ability to choke somebody out, amen? I'm just saying, when we develop that relationship with God, when we're spending time with him, when we're remembering and declaring over our messed up brains that he is good and he's with us and he's on our boat, reminding ourselves that, man, in deep waters, you won't, you won't walk away from me. In the rivers of difficulty, I will not drown. When I go through the fire of oppression, thank you, God, that I will not be burned up. Amen? You're making me more like you. Asking good questions is, is paramount through the storm, too, and developing perseverance. God, what are you teaching me? We forget to ask these questions. You're like, oh, it's just so horrible. I hate this. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. It never changes, right? God, what are you teaching me? God, what are you revealing to me? Or where are you revealing to me? I'm in the wrong, am I in the wrong spot? Is my approach off? What do I need to adjust? God, how can I grow in this? How can I grow through this storm so that I'm better for the journey, better for the story you're scripting, and better for the, those on the receiving end that you're calling me to? God, what is the purpose in the storm? What are you doing? What are you doing in me and through me for the sake of others? Here's the thing. God never wastes your time. Say it out loud. God never wastes my time. He's not wasting your time. He's developing you. He's walking with you. He's working through your life. He cares about every detailed moment. Focus on Jesus. He is the lighthouse. Man, pastor, what about this and what about that? And this is a little messy in my marriage and I got a kid and my investments failed horribly, yada, 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 yada. And sometimes you don't want to hear the boilerplate response, right? He's, he's going to work it out. Yeah, 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 I know. No, he's perfectly in control, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I'm just saying, that's some, sometimes how my head works, right? I have to remind myself, no, you're good. 
You've caused me to persevere. You've given me your Holy Spirit to overcome. Amen? Not just to get by. What's the promise of God? The promise of God is life and life to the full here on this rock that we live on and then forever with him. So I can experience the goodness of God while in the land of the living and then forever with him. So I get you like 365, 24-7. That's not a bad deal. I don't know if there's a better investment deal out there. You get me all the time when you need me. You call on my name and I show up. You're in the middle of something that's hard that even you caused and created like Israel, like Isaiah was talking about here in chapter 43. Even though you caused it, I'll show up. I made the mistake and I love you and I'm with you in it. Man, God, this diagnosis is really, really lame. Yeah, but I'm with you in the middle of it. I'm for you. I'm not gonna leave you. I'm just writing your story. I'm scripting out this beautiful thing because Revelation tells us we're overcomers by the story that God writes in our lives and by the power of his blood on the cross. Amen? We overcome by the blood of the lamb that we sang about this morning and then by the beautiful story that he's writing for you, each and every one in this place today. And if you're watching online, listening on the radio, God is for you. Who's on your boat? Amen. Psalm 33, 11, but the Lord's plan stand firm for, what? Forever. His intentions can never be shaken. Look, man, if God sets you in motion, no man can mess up your stuff. It says the plans and purposes of God cannot, will not be shaken. You may feel a little step off once in a while, but it says the plan of God cannot be messed up in your life. When you love Jesus, when you focus on him, when you get out of your stuff and pick your head up and look to, look to the mountain where your hope and help comes from, when you cry out to him in prayer, when you, maybe you're just a puddle on the floor in prayer, but you're calling out, you're saying, Jesus, meet me in this storm. I can't see the end game because I'm in the middle of it, but I know you're with me. I know you're on, your on my boat. I know that you're walking with me. And God, the plan that you set, the call of God on my life, no man can mess it up. The enemy cannot mess up your plan, amen? He doesn't have the authority to do that. God's plans stand firm forever. They're unchanging. The only thing that will mess that up is you going, man, I really don't wanna be molded on the potter's wheel today, God. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tap out today. He's like, man, I really wish you would stay on that wheel because I'm making you, I'm shaping you, I'm making you more into the image of my son Jesus moment by moment, minute by minute. Will you trust me? It's hard. Yeah, but I love you and I'm with you. I'm walking with you. I'm going to work it out because it's my plan, says the God of heaven and earth. Think about it this way. The storm just isn't about you. The storm isn't about you. Just you. I don't want to negate your storm. Storms are rough. They're hard. Circumstances, things that we walk through are, are hard. But the storm isn't just about you. And I think it's good for our hearts to remember this, this whole thing's not just about me. It's not just about my life. It's not just about the things that I am going to do for me and my family and my, my, my stuff, which is important. 
but this storm that you're developing me in, it's about the gospel. It's about the good news of Jesus. It's about the kingdom of God and its reach through you, the church. Every son and daughter in this place here today. If God's people will stay focused on the mission, focused on Jesus, focused on the things that are heavenly, right? In a world full of distractions, I think we'll probably do a pretty good job of making Jesus look good, amen? And there are a bunch of people out there, y'all, I will tell you this, who are headed for a Christless eternity. They're lost, broken, and hurting. And if Jesus came to seek those people, then that is our mission as well, amen? to seek and save those that are hurting, those that are in the middle of storms, those that are wrestling. How about we just do this? We love God, we love people, and we go do something about it. Pretty simple, right? I love that last week. It's got simplicity of God. Love God, love people, go do something about it. Go tell somebody about good news. When you see that person in the store or when you're going about your day and you know that they're having a minute, love them. Share the compassion of Jesus. Hey, could I pray for you? Hey, I don't know what's going on, but your face is saying like, it's a hard day. Can, can I come alongside you today? And we do that for each other in, in the context of this church body. And then we do it for everybody else out there that needs to know Jesus, that might know Jesus and that are wrestling. Because here's the promise of Jesus. If we are focusing on him, looking to him, casting all of our cares upon him, this is what Jesus says in John 12, 32. And when I am lifted up, or that word also means exalted from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. That's what Jesus said. And you know who he does that through? Does that through you. Come on, stand up on your feet with me. He desires to use your life and he wants to make it count for the sake of the kingdom. The maker of heaven and earth is on your side. He is in your boat and he's desiring to meet you here today as we worship. Here at the altar at the end when we pray for you. He's in your boat. He's working all of it out for your good and for the good of other people that he will send his message of goodness and compassion and love through your life to reach somebody who needs to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. So God, we thank you today for the opportunity to come to worship you in this place. We are thankful that, Lord, you are working out everything for our good and that you have not left us in the storm. Lord, you have a purpose in it and you have a plan. And today, God, I pray that you would speak to us. That you would encourage us by your presence in this place. So Holy Spirit, as we come in the song of worship, as we come to you humbly, broken, seeking and searching, that we would lift our eyes and our hearts to you. To the maker of heaven and earth, we would commit our eyes to focus upon you. Jesus, you are our compass. We choose to look to you today in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.
Thank you for listening. For more sermons and full-service replays on hcfburnit.org and follow us on social media. God bless and have a great week.